Hello and welcome. This is Background Screening Tips and Tech with me, Tim Santoni, and my co-host, Joe Berlin. Um, today, we're, we really ha- have the pleasure of having a really awesome guest. Nick Fishman is joining us on the show. Um, and I, we really want to talk about the industry insights and perspectives that he has. Nick is you know, an Ohio native, went to The Ohio State University. Him and it, uh, He's worked and started up Employment Screen IQ, which was sold off to Sterling. He's running Fishman Group Consultings, and he's also now working with SJV as a Chief Marketing Officer. We're really excited to hear his perspectives on the background screening industry and get into some banter. So, um, you know, uh, Joe, you worked for Employment Screen IQ, so I'll let you get in a couple two two words about Nick before we get into the questions. Now, that's probably going to be the toughest question I've had all, I don't know, year. Um, no, Why am I yeah. scared to hear what your response is for these two things? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, in all seriousness, I owe Nick and, and Jason to a lesser degree. I'll just say that because he's not on the podcast right now. Um, a ton. They taught me everything I know about the industry. They gave me a chance uh, when they really didn't have to. They didn't know me. Um, it was one interview. They brought me on to do some customer service uh, in the client relations department. And within a few short months, I was handling some of the bigger accounts um, as they kind of taught me how to do things. The next thing I know, I was uh, in the, on the sales team and uh, going to meetings with Nick. I uh, went out to St. Louis a couple times. Uh, favorite story I have. Um, Nick said, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and get, you know, this is one of my first times traveling for sales. And Nick goes, Hey, I'm going to get a car. Uh, you go ahead and pick it up and then meet me at the airport. And I said, okay. So I get there and they're like, Oh, Hey, you know, he, I think it was like a minivan or something that he had like put on hold and they didn't have it. And they go, well, what do you want? And I was like, well, I don't know what else you have. So I end up getting this bright red Camaro, like SS with like a supercharger in it and just roll up to the airport and pick up Nick. And he's like, what? are you driving? So that was one of my fun, fun favorite stories of uh, going to a sales meeting with Nick. That's funny. I don't so even remember that story. <laughs> That's hysterical. I don't even remember the name of the company it was. I just remember when we got back. I don't I think do. we won the account. I do. Jay- I probably shouldn't name them. We did and, not. No. Yeah, we didn't get the account. And Jason <laughs> just gave us a hard time from then on out. That's right. Yeah. So that, there's a new policy: no running red Camaros on yeah. a, any trips. Yeah. It's just bad, bad. No, luck. he passed there. He, you know, he he passed his uh, his little pledging at, at, at that point. I was <laughs> you know, very happy about that. That's great. Um, so again, I, I think that the the purpose of this podcast is to share some industry insights, and, and Nick brings a ton of those. So you know, I think that the current trends are are super important. So Nick, maybe just share from your perspective on the consulting side the current trends that you're seeing a little bit in terms of the talent that's available and what's happening and where those people are landing and, and some opportunities that are out there uh, from, from your viewpoint. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Tim. And, you know, before I get started here, just want to thank both of you guys for having me today. Um, uh, Joe, always great seeing you and, and, and uh, the, the feelings are mutual as far as uh, how Jason and I felt about working with you over the years. Uh, Tim, congratulations on all the success that you guys are having over there. You guys are doing a great job for your customers. So, um, anyways, I, uh, going back to your question about, about talent. Um, yeah, we, Jason and I, um, who also work together, I mean, you mentioned SJV and you mentioned Fishman Consulting Group. I'm also working with Jason through Morris Consulting Group as well. Um, and we've done quite a bit of executive recruiting in the space, um, over the last couple of years. Uh, what we have noticed since the pandemic onset is that a lot of companies, cut not only people that probably needed to be cut, but they went beyond that and cut people, um, you know, that, that were doing very good jobs. They just couldn't keep them on the payroll. And 
as a result, we've seen a lot of those people getting placed at a bunch of different companies across the industry. And very quickly, frankly, um, even in uh, what seemed like a very big downturn within the market. So there are definitely some really good people out there, um, even now, uh, that are that are looking for jobs. And um, we're finding that the, the market for them has, has been pretty competitive. Interesting. That's great. Thanks for that insight. Um, first question for you, Nick. You know, you've been involved in the industry for a while. Um, and I guess... One of the questions that, that that we have is, you know, what are the what have philosophies have you seen with regard to HR, you know, departments change in in, in businesses over the last ten years as it relate as it relates to background screening and their kind of views on what it's useful for, how it's used, and kind of brand and risk mitigation in those businesses. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the biggest thing over the last ten years um, is that compliance is really a thing now, right? We used to talk about compliance 10, 15, 20 years ago, but you pretty much had to uh, adhere to the uh, Fair Credit Reporting Act, the federal statute. And as long as you did that, um, you were okay. Um, so, you know, I would say that HR departments are no longer just checking the box, no longer just saying, oh, this background check is the same as this background check. I think that they're applying a number one. I need a higher quality background check because I want to be very careful about who I'm letting into my organization. Um, and, and the other thing is there's just been a patchwork of legislation, both at the federal and the state level. There's also been a, a tidal wave of, of litigation uh, happening in this matter. So I think that everybody you know, has seen this, whether firsthand um, or whether, you know, through talking with others in the industry and their peers, and they've just realized that, well, I remember, you know, I think compliance yeah, go is ahead, the Nick, to your, one to your point, right? I remember uh, driving most um, of in the, the early days, we were so, um, yeah, strict on our point. compliance. I, think I remember Joe and I know, see that a lot, which is, other people in the you know, department it used to be eyes, that, right? you know, oh, everyone would just kind of willy nilly, don't need to do authorization and, and Jason and don't care the powers about, that you know, be. Like, what do we got to do? And we felt like we were making customers until they get burned or they go through that process. They realize the importance of it. It's funny because the flip now is, it's not so much about, those are the first questions that companies are asking. Do you have this in place? Do you have that? Do you have that? To dynamically address all these changing things. Some of the smaller mid-market Market state, local, CRAs, city, they county, don't have state. That I mean, it's hard just to keep up to with them. It's just you know, um, it's crazy to keep up there, with and I feel like those are in the industry that, that have kind of you know really great that. resources and been doing it for a long time. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, it's it's become. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I I I 100% agree with you. Um, I, I I think that um, you know there are companies out there. It's not everybody is 100% on board with compliance. There are companies out there that, frankly, they're just checking a box. Um, somebody told them they have to do it, 
and they're, they're, they're doing it as inexpensively and as quickly as possible. And look, that's their prerogative, but there are certainly, I would say, a majority of employers that are, are, are wanting to do it the right way um, and that are not just checking that box. Um, and I think, you know, those uh, people have been talking forever about the fact that background screening is becoming a commodity, right? And it's hard to fight against that. But I would say that the compliance piece has helped this industry um, fight back against that a little bit. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great point, right? To, there's a differentiating factor when you layer on those the, the compliance piece of it. And, and, and I think that leads into the next question, which is, you know, in your view, what 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 trends or what issues scare you about the background screening industry? I think we could all say that litigation, right, and compliance is scary, but I think that's just inherent with any industry that there's inherent risk, right? Whether you're in construction or you're in IT, there's risk. You could get hacked. There's, you know, all these different things. You could do the wrong thing. Those are things that are enhanced when you're trying to negotiate and deal with multi-level of layer of legislation and laws. But what are some things maybe, Nick, that, that you see that are they're scaring you that, that you think are around the bend that, that, that the industry will have to deal with, you know, the next three to five years. No, it's fair. I mean, let's go back to that commoditization point. Um, it's happening. I mean, it, it might be happening a little bit slower than we anticipated that it was going to happen, but the commoditization really concerns me um, for all background screeners, whether it is just in the buyer's mind that it is a commodity or whether background screening companies are really racing just to get to the bottom um, where they can't cut, you know, where they, they, they can't cut prices anymore. Um, so that is definitely of concern to me. Um, beyond that issue, um, I think you, you talked about litigation, and I agree with you um, that will continue to be a thing. We talked about compliance; we won't belabor that point. Um, something that's can, been can I ask you a question on that industry Nick? Just to kind of further that, kind do you of think that that is a of, of new? Do you think that's the sum of technology, of technology not being there when now, we talk about part of that know, is on the end user community data or how they um, you know, with an HR, or do you think it's a matter of HR legislation or a combination of both technology and legislation of as far as? Um, or maybe I should say regulation I rather than legislation in order to kind of stop doing them because that's how we do them. Whether it's coming from the CRAs or it's coming from the end users, I think everybody's got to get past that because there are still a lot of efficiencies to be gained. There are still better data sources and better solutions out there, um, but somebody's got to be willing to, to put up their hand and say, look, I'm going to do this for the industry. And the end user has to say, we, we ought to take a serious look at these things. And that's, I think, what concerns me most about the industry right now. Yeah. Yeah, I it's a good question. Um part of it is technology. I think it's I unfortunately Joe, I think the answer is it's all of the above. Uh, I think privacy is is becoming a, you know a big thing, and certainly we don't want to trample as an industry on anybody's rights. But I think fear of violating privacy, fear of getting in the crosshairs of a regulator, um, in many ways, is, is created a chilling effect on um, real advancements, <laughs> solid advancements in the industry. Um, and um, you know, I would 
again, I don't want to see anybody's rights trampled, but I do think that we need to start thinking about different ways of doing things. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that to the degree the technology is there and available, if the, if there's privacy restrictions at, at the public record level, um, the, the, no technology can get through that. And so we, we fight against that and we continue to fight against that. But I, I think that brings up a good point too. You know, in, there's a lot of good providers out there. We happen to work with SJV uh, uh, data solutions as it relates to those different things. And I think that, that what you guys have looked at is looking at ways, different ways of doing things in terms of monitoring both healthcare sanctions, criminal monitoring, and all these different things in ways to manage things in a different way, which I think is a, is a step in the right direction. And I'm sure that you're the hundred percent reason behind that, Nick. Um, <laughs> Thank, joking, you. Right? Thank you for giving right. me the credit for that. I'm not sure right. I even deserve a 10th of the credit for that, but um, it is, I, you know, in, 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 in all honesty, it's what I like most. It's why I've spent my time with SJV um, is because I really believe in what they're doing. Um, they are no longer just saying, Hey, I can get you all of these different searches from all of these different places, but they're taking their time to figure out, great, I can get all of them for you, but here's the most efficient way. Here's a way to save you money. Here are some value add things that I can do so that it will require less manual labor on your behalf in order to delight your customers. Right, right. And that, and that impacts turnaround time, price, and it improves compliance at the end of the day because of those solutions, there's, there's the technology solutions are there to, to really make sure that the records being reported are accurate. I mean, for instance, on the healthcare sanctions, the verification stuff that you guys have implemented, which is hugely useful when you're talking about trying to recredential groups of people in short periods of time, especially in this crisis we're in with regard to healthcare specifically, right? And compliance. And I think that that in and of itself impacts both, not just HR departments, but safety and risk and insurance people where those, those risks are exposed and maybe they aren't even aware of it and they don't even see it as a background screening requirement. They see it as, you know, segmented groups and they don't even know where the overlap exists or where the gaps are. So, I mean, I credit you guys on that in terms of that's really the focus, not just data for data's sake, but how to use it, how to manage it and how to make it more easily accessible in a way that's impactful to an organization, not just, you know, like say, yeah, millions and millions of records. Of course, and to do it without the noise, like you were saying, with the with, with the millions and millions of records. I mean, uh, you you want you want to get all the information you can, but you don't want it to be distracting to what it is you were actually looking for. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and I think that that like this industry, like any other industry, is about relationships, and and you've probably been a master of those relationships over time. You've created a lot of. Uh, you know, relationships through the PBSA and through your relationships in the business and consulting with companies, you know, when you're talking about working no, with HR I mean, professionals, other than where you got that being great process hairstyle. based and tend to do things Fantastic. the way that they've always done them. You know, what, what ways have you kind of been able to, <laughs> I know, I lost you know, it faster. <laughs> make, make your clients feel where you're more like a partner than you are a vendor to them? Yeah. I, I, I think that that is something we focused on uh, very early on at Employee Screen IQ, and to this day, I think some of those ideals uh, absolutely still exist in the market. It's the biggest thing is you want to earn your client's trust, and that's in any industry, right? But especially in this kind of an industry where um, you are highly regulated and you're dealing with a a, a highly uh, nuanced type of uh, category, if you will, that your clients want to be reassured that they're working with the right people. So how do you do that? You know, number one, you perform every day as best as you possibly can. Number two, uh, 
you you become a trusted provider. Um, uh, and trust is a word that you throw out, but it's not only trusting them to do the right job, your provider to do the right job, but it's also trusting your provider when they don't do the right job, that they're willing to raise their hand and say, wait a second, because it, this is, this is, it is an inexact science. At some point you're going to mess something up. And the question is, are you willing to be open and honest with your client to make sure that that doesn't happen and to mitigate any concerns when that happens? So I think that's one of the ways that you earn trust. The other thing is, and the thing that I think is, you know, every bit as impactful as anything else uh, that I've done is I feel like the thought leadership is huge um, in being able to convey, number one, your company is an industry leader. Number two, you're an expert in this um, and, 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 and number three, you are really respected in your industry, uh, for kind of having a voice and, and having an opinion and pushing that agenda. Um, and, and so, you know, we've done it over the years through a variety of mediums. I mean, look, we're sitting here talking on a podcast right now. This is thought leadership. Um, we, we've done webinars, we've done blogs, we've written white papers, we do interviews with the media, whatever we can to be out there and commenting on what's going on in the industry, I think really helps you establish that trust, um, with your clients as well. Yeah. And Nick, to that point, I have to recognize you and Jason for really through this whole pandemic situation, really bonding together and providing some really valuable content to the industry, bringing on people that you guys have worked with and trusted professionals to really give some insight at all different levels at the background screening level or CRA level, the the data provider, the compliance side of it. And I I mean, I think that those have been tremendously valuable and I know they brought a lot of value to to me and to our organization, but I'm sure that the the industry as a whole has appreciated those and, and really appreciate that thought, thought leadership from you, you and Jason. It's really does take a lot of time and a lot of effort and, and, and I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thanks, Tim. And I, I'll tell you the other thing is I, I think the other way that we're able to gain trust and, and, and any of us are is knowing what we know and being really good at what we know and then finding people that know more than we do in certain areas and being willing to listen to them and being willing to share them with your audiences. So, you know, over the years, we've gravitated to different people that we know the market trusts, Uh, whether that was Pam Devada from, you know, the very beginning or even her predecessor, Greg Davis, um, or even uh, Angela uh, Preston, who uh, was our general counsel. But before that, she was a competitor and just a great industry friend. There are so many people out there that have a unique point of view, and it doesn't always have to be just about you. Um, it's good to sometimes bring in other people that have other perspectives. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, I think that's the point of this podcast that was really trying to illustrate provide insight into the industry, provide tips. And we're bringing on people that, that people, you know, we've interviewed competitors and like, they're not really competitors. They're actually industry experts in what they know, right. Or people that can bring di- different perspective because that's how people can, can evaluate the information, evaluate the content, evaluate the trust level and make a decision that's best for the organization. And we all know we can't be something that we're not right. You're not the expert in healthcare screening when you're not, you can't just say I'm the industry leader and put 35 years on your website when you're, you know, a small mom and pop shop. Like, People are smart enough nowadays to know that. And that's why I think that the goal of this podcast is kind of share those insights and perspectives. And so, you know, 
Nick, before we let you go, um, any closing remarks, we'll definitely be able to link up all of Nick's information. Make sure we connect with him, whether that's over at SJV or through um, Fishman Group Consulting. Make sure that you have all of his, his information. If you have any questions that we didn't answer, we're happy to follow up with those after if you leave them in the comments. But uh, Joe, any final questions for, for Nick before we let him go? And then I'll, we'll let Nick kind of give some closing remarks. <laughs> I learned everything I know from you, Joe. Yeah, and just... <laughs> Just as, I mean, we could change the podcast to the bearded guys podcast. I'm definitely the odd man out. Cause I have, I have definitely have hair on my head and I'm not in Ohio. So I'll let you guys close it out and I'll just listen in. Well, Tim, now I just feel like you're bragging. First of all, uh, that you have hair. <laughs> <laughs> just unfair. Um, yeah, no, my, my closing remarks are, uh, and, and, and I'll say this to anybody that asks, this is a, an incredible industry. The background screening industry, um, it, it has a, a, a tremendous vision, um, a tremendous responsibility, and does so much um, for employers and and their customers and their employees. Um, and and I have never been involved in an industry uh, where people are able to band together, do things for the greater good, um, and 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 really hold themselves accountable um, uh, to to protect people. Um, and so. You know, anywhere I go, I'm always happy to talk about that. I love talking with people that were my competitors and former competitors that were my uh, vendors, uh, business partners, all kinds of things like that. There's just so much great here, um, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, first off, thank you for grooming Joe so that he could be a part of organization. So that that training has paid off and the tradition continues. Thank you for being such a valuable asset to the industry. And thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. Again, if you like to listen to the podcast, you can download it wherever you get your podcast. We also turn this into a vidcast and you can watch the Bearded Guys podcast on YouTube. Thanks so much for tuning in. And again, Nick, thanks so much for your time. 